I want to lead into something a little different this morning uh, because I believe we, at the beginning of uh, 2020, the start of a year, the start of a decade, um, lots of, uh, well, we've had, by, by March, we will have had, I think, six significant prophetic ministries come through the church in the first three months of 2020. And that's not by design. I didn't exactly book that quite like that. It kind of has all just fallen together. And actually, wherever I've been, I've traveled quite a bit at the start of this year, a lot of people are feeling that it's a very significant time as we're entering into this new decade. Um, it's almost, many are speaking of the sense of a new era, of, of something coming about that God's doing. And, and I realize that when you're busy doing the school run, changing nappies and paying off your mortgage, that our minds might not often be there. But if you get the, the, the opportunity and the time to think uh, at a slightly higher level than the humdrum of every day, there are quite some remarkable things taking place. And um, so I believe God wants to do something remarkable with us. Amen. Any, anybody up for that personally? And then as a family, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot going on. And um, I want us to be right in tune with what God's doing and where he's saying to go. Is that all right? So um, cool. but pop my uh, thank you. Thanks, Simi. Um, I'm starting something uh, a little bit new this morning called fierce. Everybody say fierce. fierce. I don't mean angry or loud. I mean focused. Yeah. You know, her. somebody growl at somebody near you. Um, passivity is a danger, isn't it? Uh, uh, Jesus himself said that passionate, fierce, uh, fervent, he uses the word violent people are entering the kingdom of God. And who wants to enter that kingdom, right? We want the kingdom of God in our homes, in our finances, in our bodies, in the places where we work. It's all about the kingdom of God coming, the reign of, of Christ coming to earth where we live. And that requires a certain fierceness to take place. Jesus, when he spoke of his house, he said, my, my house will be called a place of prayer for all nations. Uh, when he looks at the church, he's not so much saying it needs to be a house of singing, although that can be part of prayer, or preaching, and maybe that can inspire us to prayer. But we're supposed to be a house of prayer because there's something powerful about prayer. I, I think it's fascinating that disciples were watching Jesus all the time, and the one thing they asked of him was, teach us how to pray. I think they could tell that he was downloading something when he kept disappearing up the mountain and praying with his father. Then he came back down, and things were happening that they couldn't do. The mountain makes a difference to what you can do. The mountain of prayer is powerful, and it's important. And so um, I, I just want to kind of lead us through a few bits and pieces. Is that all right this morning? It's, it's a new era. Some are saying that we are coming to a tipping point. That means when things reach a little bit of a sense of fulfillment. No, don't worry, I'll do it. Or did I? Yeah, it's okay. Um, you're reaching a little bit of a sense of fulfillment and uh, moving into something new. And I just feel that um, for this season... We need to do some new stuff. Is that all right? Yeah. So um, we're going to have some fun this morning. Thank you, both of you that said yes. Um, so look, that's why you put it up, didn't you, Simi? You were so on it. You did the right thing. I did the wrong. But I'll, I'll, I'll do it from now. <laughs> all senior ministers are control freaks. You know that. It's like the soonest I could get this in my hand. Um, 
It's time. Now, this has been prophesied. So this is a little bit of a chat that will turn into a bit of a preach that's then going to turn into something else. Are you ready? Is that okay? So listen, we've been told by some of the prophetic ministries coming through, and this has been a little bit repeated, and I don't feel that we've been responding to it. Um, I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming me in the way that, that I think we should. And just when Sharon Stone, who isn't the, the, the American actress, I was going to say hot American actress then, but I can't, I'm not allowed to say that yet. Um, especially as a preacher. I didn't even think it, it just came out. It's my subconscious, evidently, from my youth. And um, now I'm ruining my message, and you're all putting me off. Uh, but Sharon Stone, who is a very respected prophetess, uh, uh, she spoke about us moving into a season of aggressive prayer. That's where I get the word fierce from. That sometimes you need to be more focused than you have been to get where you've not been. You've got to give a little bit more. Um, uh, I heard someone tell a, a, a story just recently who it, it, he was staying in a hotel with a group of friends, but the hotel, the power went down on the entire hotel, so they shifted him to another hotel, and it was a stunning hotel. And then, like, 15 hours later, they came to in this stunning hotel and said, okay, the power's back on in the other place. You can go back now. Uh, they were like, we don't want to go back. We like it. Can't we stay here? Uh, and the answer was, yes, you can stay here, but it's going to cost a little bit more. And some of the things that we want to push into are going to cost a little bit more than where we've been. Things require cost at times. And I just believe we need to push into a new season of aggressive prayer as a church. And there's, there's three key things, I think, going on. Number one, and these are Sharon Stone used that phrase, to break the siege with the, the building, the sale of our old building and, and the building of the new one. I think there's a, a work in prayer that we need to do. Trust me, heaps of practical things are going on. And in a while, when we switch off the, the live stream, I'll tell you something about them because progress is being made, but we need to pray into what's going on. We need to break the siege, get this blooming building over so we can get on with living. Are you with me? Okay, we don't, want to be, we don't want to be trapped this side of the Jordan with the promised land that side just because of a bit of focus required and a bit of maturity. Remember God, and this, you can use this for life as well as for us as a family, God always uses things to grow you up. That's why when we take the path of least resistance consistently, we end up as a child in our 50s. You're not supposed to take the path of least resistance. You're supposed to pick up the heaviest burden you can carry with God's help and carry it. And you get a little bit of a sense of fulfillment, a bit of growth in God with it. We need to break the siege on this building. Are you with me? And number two, and I, again, this has come before and I want to come back to it. We need to release something of a move of God among our children and youth. Um, we've had several words about, uh, and excuse the pictorial language now, but stand, if you get the biblical language, just run with it. Standing on the ramparts and calling a new generation of youth in, that there's something fresh that God wants to do. And I still believe there's work for us to do there in prayer that I don't think we, and I say that again, blaming me more than anyone in the room, that we've taken as seriously as we could. So I want to do that. And then number three, um, uh, as, as, as someone else said at the beginning of 2020, if you didn't think 2019 was a tough year, then you're living in a dream. Because uh, quite a lot of people have had tough years in 2019. It's been very, very tough on, I know, on staff and leaders have faced, you know, major difficulties and traumatic things. And you sense that who knows that we have an enemy 
and we need to know what it is to fight and to move forward. So divine protection and personal revival over us all. You are more than just, you know, a bag of bones sat in a seat. Uh, you, carry, you carry energy. You carry hopes and dreams for us around about you. You carry a grace for me and I carry one for you. I need you on form. And you need me on form, right? And you need the person sat next to you on form because they're providing something for you. If you need money, God will nearly always, he won't often give it to you through a fish. He'll usually give it to you through someone, through a friend. And you need that person to be on fire and full of faith and able to write that check for a million pounds, well, whatever, 50 pounds when you need it, right? You need that. So we need to be fully embracing who we're supposed to be in God. And so I, I believe we need to get fierce for the season ahead in a new way. And so, and, and I feel, and this came up with, with Dwayne White when we had our leaders forum the, the other week, he spoke about new ways for a new season. There are some new things that need to happen. So, um, uh, let me see how I'm doing. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Are you ready? This is what we're going to do this morning, and we might do it every now and then for a bit. Is that okay? Don't look too scared. You're okay. Okay, we're going to get fierce on Sundays. All right, we're going to devote more time to prayer, but listen to this carefully. By ending some Sunday services early, I think about 11.30, releasing guests and anyone that's brought guests to go and have a coffee because the coffee people will be out there and the info point will be manned. And, and we're going to go fierce in prayer, prophecy, and praise as a church family. And we're going to do that this morning. We're going to end in about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, the preach. We're going to sing a song to officially end, then revive family, we're going to get fierce together in prayer. We're going to pray. We're going to give 20 minutes. I don't know. You might get half an hour in sometimes to pray and to seek God. Um, I know. Let's be practical about it. I could, I, could, I could preach my guts out, and I'd be absolutely over the moon if 80 of you turned up on a Thursday night in Kingswood House. I'd be over the moon with that. But that's 80, and there's a few hundred sat here. There's something about us all as a family learning what it is to be fierce in prayer together. Okay, and we'll do it in a very teaching way. We'll do it in an appropriate way to the room. I want us to learn to pray because if we're going to be the real thing, this isn't a show. This isn't a music show with a little lecture to make you feel good. We're the army of God. We've got things to do. We've got places to change. And I want every one of you to feel comfortable and excited about prayer. So what, nobody will be manipulated into anything, but I, I want to teach you and maybe some others will, will, will teach us too how to truly pray. Because until we learn how to pray, we vacillate in life and we, we give in to things around about us. Okay, so that's the little change that we're bringing. We're going to do it this morning and then we're going to do it sometimes. We, we've got a guest speaker next week. We won't do it then. But other times I want us to pull together corporately and go, right, we're going to go into a time of prayer. Guests can go and have a coffee. The uninitiated, go and have a coffee. The brave guests, if you want to see what it's like when the church prays, you know, Put your crash helmet on and stay. It'll be fine, you know. Uh, so you're not forced to go, but we're going to pray. Is that okay? Because I, 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 I need us to be a place of prayer. Do not take the path of least resistance. We'll end up weak as a church. We must be mighty as a church. And I just, you know, in the, in the middle of our staff meeting this week, I just felt, well, why don't we just put it on a Sunday? Because to be honest, if you're going to have a church service that's, you know, half of it is singing and half of it is preaching, well, you can get all that in an hour. I know there's others where we've got other things to do and baby dedications and things we want to say. But I think there's times when we can give 20 minutes, half an hour to pray properly. Are you with me? 
Come on, be mighty. Uh, the second one, and I'll just say, we need to be fierce in fasting. Take fasting seriously if you medically can, okay? Um, take fasting seriously. Those who physically can, I'm asking you, fast and pray a day a week or similar and intensify your prayers. Don't fast and then just be grumpy having visions of roast chicken. Um, you know, fast maybe just that lunchtime meal and instead of going out with work colleagues for lunch like you have been doing, saying, no, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to pray about some of this stuff in my own life and the building and our kids and protection and everything else going on in your own life. So can I ask you, if you consider yourself to be growing in maturity as a Christian, discover the power of fasting. What fasting does, it isn't showing God that we're serious. That's a very kind of play school version of what fasting is. More than anything, it's releasing authority as we, as we say no to the flesh so that the voice of our spirits becomes louder and we become more sensitive. And the more sensitive you are, the more authority you can carry as a Christian. Most of our problems are around the fact that we believe way too many lies. If we could think like God, then we could act like God under his authority. And fasting kind of does that. So play with fasting if you would. I quite often just miss breakfast and lunch. And then I eat like a king in the evening, right? But I've had a good prayer time that day. Uh, just find ways that it works for you. Don't fast uh, liquids all together, drink, hydrate, okay? And, and I'll, I always tweet something out and, and email something about fasting whenever we talk about fasting. But I'm leaving that to you. We're not going to kind of look at that. Oh, I thought there was a third one. Oh, I've gone the wrong... I'm pointing the wrong way, aren't I? Can you bring it back up? Is that... What have I done? Okay, fierce in our groups. Do you know that we have about... We have over 30 prayer meetings a month as a church. And as you leave today, you'll be handed a sheet with all these prayer meetings in and when they are. And I know that people pray informally as well, and that's fantastic. Um, you know, prayer doesn't have to be organized prayer. It can be disorganized prayer. I love that. Uh, we just want to be a movement of prayer, okay? But if you want them, there's 30 prayer meetings happening, if not more, and there's other informal ones. I know Remy prays for the persecuted church and stuff like that. That's not on the list. Go talk to Remy about that. But let's, let's pray in our prayer groups. But I know revived teams and different departments all have prayer times. Can we be, can I ask all of you, can we be a bit fierce about prayer over the building? Can we be fierce in prayer? for each other don't just think well so and so is having a bad time who cares no let's stand up prayerfully and powerfully is that okay so let's get a little bit fierce uh, in our groups together um, <clears throat> running out of time it takes me a long time to say just a few things oh well here we go okay so let me do a little bit of teaching is that okay and then we're going to do what, what I'm talking about so so what is happening when we when we pray, just, just follow me on this and let's do a little teaching. This is Ephesians 6, and, or, or part of it, and um, let me just read it to you because this is the instruction. Um, we are at war. You know, I, I put something on social media this week about the, the church being like an army. And, 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 well, I got a funny pacifist response from a few that are like, well, I don't know if the army metaphor is very good. And I'm like, well, it's all over the Bible. You are at war. If you don't realize you're at war, your enemy is slapping you in the face and you're going, oh, that's a lovely massage. You know what I mean? You're, you wake up, you're at war. I mean, you've only got to watch the news to realize we're at war. Uh, right? You've only got to look at the, the mental health, even yesterday's suicide, Caroline Flack, awful. But 12 men will have also committed suicide yesterday that we don't hear about. I mean, we are at war and demons are latching onto our culture and we have a job to do. And the devil doesn't mind you going to church, he just wants you to be passive. 
and to be entertained and think it's about God being Father Christmas instead of we're at war. We are at war. So we are an army. Okay, we're not on holiday. We're at war. And so this is why the Apostle Paul, who knows a lot more than anyone else in this room, says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Lace up your shoes of readiness. Know what the gospel is. Look after your helmet of salvation. Put righteousness on. Look after yourself. You're important. You're vital. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You know he has schemes. Say schemes. I mean, he's a little schemer. That's how he gets us down blind alleys of, well, I'm going to say blind alleys of depression. I don't mean all depression is that. But he gets us in some real messy situations, financially, relationally, morally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And the devil led you there. Now, he's a disarmed enemy. The only power he has is a whisper. But when the whisper of the devil is louder than the word of God in our hearts... Well, well, you know, those, those nature programs, you look at the plains and there's always one little zebra off to one side and you know, that's the one that's going to cop it, right? That's the one that's going to get taken by the lions because it's isolated. The first, the first desire of the enemy is to isolate you. So he'll bring something up relationally that makes you not want to be in a room with some of us here in some way. Or why do depressed people often isolate themselves and they end up in this cycle of ever-deepening depression, imagining that people hate them when people love them and want to surround them? Why? What's happening? The enemy's whispering in their ears. And of course, nothing in our brokenness helps. It all hinders, doesn't it? It all makes it worse. So listen, this devil's schemes, and we've got to stand against them. And Sharon spoke about our building journey. And right, it's time to break the siege. To stop the limit on resources, right? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, each other in other words, but against, listen to this, rulers, authorities, principalities, powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We didn't even know what half of that means, right? Let's be honest, let's not pretend. When you're engaging with the spirit realm, we don't understand it. I don't understand it. Okay, and I know there's people in here that have been to Bible school, and if they pretend to understand it, they're lying to you. Um, but what we do have, excuse my, 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 my language here, take it in a good way, we have a spirit guide. We have someone who fully understands that realm, who counsels us and guides us into all truth and teaches us how to fight. That's why he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You, you, you don't need to understand the spiritual realm. And if you almost try to too much, you end up in the lunatic fringe. But you still have to fight there. You have a struggle. The Passion Version says a hand-to-hand -hand combat in the spiritual realm is what we're in, right? And against principalities. You know, principalities is... The, the, um, this kind of stuff, in some way, it's, it's geographical. Principality means a region that a prince is over. You know, when Jesus crossed the, probably Galilee, I don't know, and, 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 and he came to, to, to the man with legion in him, right? Legion, thousands of, of demons. What did the demons say? Don't send us out of this region. When you start to touch new places of land, and that's what we're doing, you begin to affect the thrones that have been there for generations. And so there's a fight that goes on because you're taking ground because somehow demonic stuff gets connected to land very often. That's why some of you will call us up and go, there's something in this house I've bought. I need you to come and have communion, pray around the house, you know, and, and you, you clear out some stuff. And I've been there. Go for it, mate. Hello, gorgeous. God carries us just like that, isn't it? Sweet, there you go, a little picture. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but we are in hand-to-hand combat with principalities and powers, right? Therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you can take your stand. Uh, the Amplified goes, goes deeper again. Put on, the full, put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the ruler's powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. There's something going on that we don't fully understand. But I, I do know over each other, our team, our staff, our leaders, all of us, our families, we need to be stronger in prayer than we have been. Okay? I do know that we need to break the siege on the moving forward of this building because we, we, we want it done. It's just a tool. We don't, don't want it to be something that we, we worship or spend too much time over. It's a tool to get the job done. So let's get it done and move on into our destiny. Is that okay? And number three, I really believe a move of God amongst children and youth is on God's agenda this decade. And he, is, he, is, he wants to raise up revivalists. Some of you in this room need to be revivalists to bring a move of God to our youth and to our children. Amen. So we need to pray. So by way of, well, how do you pray? What do you do? I've got a little, oh, well, we'll leave that. We'll move on. Um, I've got a little thing here. What happens in the heavens? Now, the heavens are a mystery, so we don't always understand everything that goes on. But I, I kind of been looking at this picture this, this last week, and it gives us some idea of the heavenlies. We know that there's a realm in this room of things happening, you know, radio waves, there's TV programs going through this room. We know there's an invisible realm, but there's a spiritual invisible realm too. Are you with me? And then just look in Revelation 4. It's beginning at the first verse, and I've re- reduced it a little bit for speed. Um, But just look at this. This is John in the heavens to give you a little picture of what are the heavens like. I know we're looking through a glass dimly, but work with me. After this, I I looked. Is that better? After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I'd first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. There's a higher realm than this earthly one that we're on right now, dimensionally, not geographically. At once, it says, I was in the Spirit. Everybody say, in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. We worship in the Spirit. Here he is interacting in the Spirit. And look what's there in the Spirit realm. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Now that's, that's the throne of God. But continue the story. The one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby surrounding the throne. Look at that. Other thrones. There were 24 other thrones. And seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head. Now he, of course, has gone into the realm of God and he's looking at God's throne. And did you ever think that there's lots of thrones that surround God's throne. It's a place full of thrones. Now, probably, almost certainly, not physical chairs that you sit on. It's not a room full of sofas or anything like that. They, they metaphorically represent seats of authority. When you get to heaven, you probably won't see a chair. You'll see a bright, blinding light that is God. That's why we raise our hands in worship. We're approaching the one who's so bright like the sun, we can't really see. But we know we're in the presence of supreme authority and supreme power. That's God, as well as supreme love, right? So, but it's a place of many thrones. And so to extract from that the picture that 
There are thrones all around. There are seats of authority, powers and principalities that we don't understand. But look, continue it. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their head. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbles, peals of thunder. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and in back. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. So there you have worship. And then look at this last line. It's why I've underlined it. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, look at the response of every other throne when you worship God. The 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before him. What is the fiercest form of prayer we can have? that affects the spiritual realm, which, let's be honest, we don't fully understand, is to worship God. When we worship, every other throne bows down. The name of, of depression has to fall before the throne. At his name, every knee must bow. When we sing over our finances, over our homes, over our children, every other throne bows to the supreme name of Jesus. Every knee has to bow. That's who our God is. So as we're going to go into worship and into prayer in a moment, I want you, because you might think, well, how many times can we say over the building, covenants be released? Well, I don't know, three or four times. But then what you can say is, holy, 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 Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I love you. I'm for you. Because at the name of Jesus, every other knee will bow. Now, I, I'm only like a third of the way through my message. But I'm going to stop, is that all right? Um, yes, everybody said, short is always better. Um, uh, because I want us to give proper time to pray. How do we get fierce in the heavens? I don't understand everything about the heavens, but I know this, when we worship, other thrones bow down. Other thrones bow down. In our house we play Worship music, 24 hours a day. Why? I don't know that the music on a CD player does anything to the spiritual realm, but it does something in my spirit, and I do something in the spiritual realm. I know that. It wakes me up to remember, keep singing, keep praising, keep prophesying, keep speaking. Many around the world, prophetic people are saying, it's, it's the year of the mouth. It's time to clean up what we're saying and begin to declare. Why? Because God's doing a new thing. Amen? And we need to prepare for it.